What's up, party people? Yo, yo, yo. This is your host, Dinda. Um, if you're actually watching this on YouTube, you can see that there are no guys on the couch because we're switching things up a bit to make it fresh. So yeah, and I'm here today with Phoebe. Um, she's my friend um, that I actually met. Dude, I can't even remember. We um, met in 2010. Oh, we've really? Actually already, yeah, <clears throat> we've already met like twice before. Yeah, before this year. Yeah, before this <laughs> twice. Year. Oh, I think. Yeah, yeah, but it's definitely less than five times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I used to visit Perth, and um, we got actually reconnected here again. Um, oh yeah. no. No, we got reconnected from Insta a few years back. Mm-hmm. Um, Did we? <laughs> I, I think, think so. No, as in like we know that both of us actually still exist. Yeah, from it's Insta. like we followed each other. Yeah, we Instagram. followed each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, but actually, but we actually kind of became friends, friends as an yeah. adult just this year. Yeah, I think we just like became proper connected. Oh no, got a phone call. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll have good. this one. Yo, what's up, party people? Just a quick announcement while Phoebe takes her phone call. We have just added an anonymous form to our link tree. So you can find this in our bio. The form is for all you shy listeners. We would love to hear your feedback, stories, topics, suggestions, thoughts, questions, anything and everything. And the best part is we won't know who you are. That's kind of the point, right? So with that being said, that's all I have to say. So now back to Dinda and Phoebe. So I guess, um, yeah, Phoebe's introduce yourself to the people. Yeah. Um, um. Hey guys, <laughs> uh, I'm Phoebe, and yeah, no, it's a privilege to be on Fresh Goods. I've only listened to like, I have to be honest, maybe like three podcasts, but they've all been really fresh. Uh, <laughs> I am a, I guess for occupation, I'm a speechy, mm-hmm. so a speech pathologist. I've been doing that for five years, but this year. I had a baby, so I'm on mat leave. Yeah. And then other things about me, I'm Indonesian, but I was born in Australia. Um, raised in. Yeah, born and raised here. Um, probably can tell from my accent. <laughs> um, but my parents basically moved here because my dad got called to be a pastor of a church. Yeah. And, yeah, so I'm a pastor's kid. That's another thing. Um don't know what else to say. I used to lead youth. And I was just saying that I stopped doing that end of 2020. That was when my season ended. And yeah, that's about it from me. <laughs> that's cool. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, just um, for me, I personally want to bring you into this podcast because I really think from the conversations that we had, mm. like there's something in it. And I just love how we can just be vulnerable I don't know why with you it comes so easily and it's somehow like even though like we were born and raised in different parts of but it's just yeah I don't know it's just so easy to feel connected and I always feel encouraged by you every time yeah so yeah I think it's because perhaps like a lot of the wavelengths already aligned for us so things like like I understand your culture kind of like not completely but then you uh, we already had some ground that we knew yeah. of each other, like mutual friends, I, think, yeah. I suppose. Like you knew my cousin. Yeah. And then I like know your siblings. Yeah. But it kind of opens space into being more vulnerable. Yeah. I think. And every conversation we've had, it'll be like hours of talking. And yeah. I feel like we can continue on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you've been really encouraging for me too. 
Sweet. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like awkward right now. But yeah, sometimes I get awkward, guys, even that's though I'm okay. loud. Um, that's a bit part about me. But yeah, I think um, today we want to really talk about identity. Um, it's funny because in the last episode, I actually kind of mentioned it, but I didn't really think like, I already planned that we want to talk about identity before the app that we did in Friendship. If you haven't watched it, please do. Um, and say... We miss Jara <laughs> because, yeah, he's been sitting out for the, the second app now. So, yeah, he needs some he's love, guys. Some yeah, <laughs> no, he's not annual. Um, anyway, so yeah, so we thought that it's gonna be a good topic, even though it's broad. When we talk about identity, it's actually so yeah, broad. So but I think it's still important to at least just yeah, just start with something and. Yeah, what do you think, Phoebe? Like, why do you think that it's actually, um, I think you mentioned a bit about like why you also thought about it, even though we yeah. haven't really discussed about like, oh, what are the things that like you really want to talk about? But she also did mention about identity. So Yeah, I don't know. Because yeah. you, you asked like, oh, if we ever did like a podcast, what we talk about, and I just thought about identity. Yeah. I think because I did struggle with it, like growing up. Yeah. And I think it's such a huge topic. Maybe it's an unsaid topic in like <laughs> yeah. when you're a youth particularly, yeah. because there's this pressure in high school to be something, yeah. to become something something and um and also like within the church like um there's labels that people put on you too mm-hmm. so there's this kind of tension within church with every sphere of your life in school yeah you know trying to be cool or whatever yeah. what, whatever the pressure is and then at church for me personally like I struggled with identity just like culturally like mm-hmm. not feeling that I was like Indo enough in my Indonesian church mm-hmm. and then not being like white or Australian enough yeah. in my school and also being a minority um, and then feeling like I had to um, conform to a particular culture. That was interesting. Yeah. But then also in the church as a pastor's kid, I put a lot of like pressures on myself. And so I had this kind of weird identity struggle where I like, oh, yeah, God, God's there. But I didn't seek my identity from him. Mm-hmm. Like subconsciously I was just looking everywhere else Yeah. For a label to define myself and define my purpose through those labels. So yeah. I find that in our conversations, we yeah. often bring up identity without saying it. Yeah. Like, not yeah. like, oh, I have an identity crisis. <laughs> no, but yeah. like, we talk about certain things. Like recently when I met you, like I just had a baby yeah. and that was me shifting into a, maybe a new identity or maybe a new role. Like oh, yeah. I'm a mom now yeah. and all the negative connotations that I thought about it too. Like I had to battle with that. Yeah. And, you know, I shared that with you. Yeah. And then, yeah, you coming here again and you shared things like, oh, I'm a student again. Yeah. And that's like a wild thing because you're yeah. not like going through the typical patterns of becoming yeah. a student, like no. high school yeah. to be yeah. a student. But you're like, okay, I studied and went back, but now I'm going to study again. So yeah. there's like this new label you are reattaining. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think we just end up talking about it a lot. So yeah. that's why we kind yeah. of thought of it I think yeah. it was a natural yeah and I think a lot of things that when I even like talk to my not even just Christian friends but mm. non-Christian friends we all kind of like have that struggle of yes. like seeing ourselves from different lens and different seasons but the question is like sometimes like do you really have to find ourselves you know what I mean yeah. so yeah I think we can yeah first start Lee, with how did you yeah like what was your like biggest struggle of finding your identity, like as in like the label that 
you feel like have been put on you for the longest time? Like maybe you can want to share yeah. about that Yeah, okay. I'm just going to go straight to the past yeah. one because that's a really easy one, but it was a huge one for me. Yeah. Because I think everything kind of streamed from that. Yeah. So, yeah, my dad, like I mentioned, moved here because he was called to be a pastor. So, like, that's the first label that I kind of knew was put on me that wasn't my parents. It was mm-hmm. more like other people. So, in, like, Indo churches, there's the cultural layer yeah. and then there's a the Christian layer and yeah. sometimes they're blurred. Yeah. Um, so, they, I think maybe in Asian or Eastern culture, like, they expect you to meet a certain standard a bit more than maybe Western. Because yeah. in Western culture, it's like, oh, you kind of more individual. Yeah. More an individualist, you become yeah. who you are. But yeah, yeah, so for me, I felt like I had to conform to their views of being a PK. Mm-hmm. So that's like one of the um, things I struggled with the most. Yeah. And with that, I hated the label. So yeah. I, I hated it so much um, up until I was 14. So like for probably for the first 14 years of my life, I mean – I'm not yeah. going to pretend or be dramatic that I was struggling with it when I was five. Like, yeah. five, I don't know anything. But maybe yeah. around, like, you know, eight, nine, ten, when I started to see, like, in kids' church, I used to get pulled up a lot for being, like, naughty. Uh, and then they would yeah. say, oh, you can't do that because you're a pastor's kid. They would say in an image, oh. you know, like. They actually use yeah, that pastor's kid. Okay. Yeah, so that means, like, Sorry. if you're a pastor's kid, why are you doing that? Yeah. You know? I was about and, to translate yeah. that. <laughs> I, I would translate yeah. Um, so it was like, you can't do that because you're a pastor's kid. And mm. so I kept hearing that. Yeah. And I was like, what? Why can't I do it? I'm just normal. Like, I don't yeah. want to be a pastor's kid. And I felt bad too because my parents would be like, yeah, Phoebe, like, you need to realize, like, you can't choose this. Like, this is something that is upon you. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a weighty label, but it also will reflect on your parents. So then I felt wow. like, oh, like, I'm carrying my parents' name for one. And I had to, like, perform. So because of that, I started getting into this thing where I'm like, I'm not good enough to meet this certain standard Mm. and I wanted to rebel. And a lot of things at the time too, like um, being that perfect kid meant that, you know, you had to like know your verses or you needed to, I don't even know what to say about this, but yeah, Yeah. just like almost like a legalist um, view that's um, put on you when you're so young. Yeah. Yeah. So while you actually don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, really. I don't know what's going yeah. on. I actually questioned Christianity quite a bit. So I was like, why are these people so hypocritical? They talk about love, but then they're judging me. Mm. Um, but also they don't do this to all the other kids that are also playing up, yeah. for example. Like if I did something as similar as someone else, the burden or the consequence is so is much, much heavier. Bigger. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, man, that's that's really um tough. Uh, at the time I wanted to leave the church multiple times actually because mm-hmm. I wasn't a Christian then or I didn't actually know Jesus I knew it all in my head don't get me wrong like you'd ask me like oh what's this yeah. bible you know story or what's the lesson <laughs> this I'd be like boom 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 I know it all yeah but, um yeah it didn't transform me I think that's why I struggled with it mm-hmm. and um yeah I think it shaped me to become What's the word? Like irritated, perhaps? Yeah. Even agitated. Yeah, agitated. Yeah. Um, really triggered by it. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you don't like the label, but because you hear it so much, it then becomes something that you're so into focused on. Yeah. And because I was so focused on it, it seeped into other things like um like anxiety, for example, or um I started to try to fit in yeah. to different areas. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I don't know if that kind of no. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably like the first label that I struggled yeah. with the most. 
Uh, and then I sort of made peace with it when, um, yeah, I knew who Jesus was. Yeah. Like, from the moment that it like hit my heart, I was like, oh, the label doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, yes, being a kid, there is a weight to it. Um, but it's something that has like it's a double side like one side you can be really prideful of it mm-hmm. like your pastor's kid you do get treated like <laughs> you get some perks, you know for yeah. example you might get taken out to eat or like sometimes mm. you get um money <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah like on like, like on pal yeah oh, like yeah, interesting like every, or what i found interesting was that people would treat me like differently uh, yeah. because I was possibly but in like a nice sense. Yeah, yeah, so there's yeah. like the perks of it, but there's also the downsides of yeah. the downsides to it yeah. as well. Um yeah, but yeah. anyway, a profound quote that I was talking to you about that yeah. Natalie um Ronian yeah. talks about is that Pastor's kid is not who you are, but it's a training ground for where you're going. And I was like, oh that's so yeah, good that's because so good. it's not actually you. Nah. And if you're a pastor's kid and you're listening to this, like that label is just a label, but it's not who you are. Yeah. And it's definitely a training ground and an opportunity to be refined. Uh, you get front row seats to the struggles of a church and you know that the church is not perfect and you also get to see like God's grace in there as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you get to see how hard your parents, I think, yeah. pour out for the church community yeah and yeah the amount of heart that goes into ministry and I think because when I started to see those sides of it yeah like God really spoke to my heart like hey like these people matter like these people are my image bearers yeah like you need to reflect the same kind of love that your parents have yeah so that's when I started getting to youth ministry and I kind of made peace with the label that's so good. And yeah. I think you also mentioned about like the cultural, you know, identity struggle when you're actually like Indonesian, but you were born oh, and yeah. raised here. And I think a lot of people, not just Indonesians who are born and raised here, basically like Asians who are born and raised here, yes. probably have that similar struggle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would you want to like share about that and how like, yeah, probably just share about that first. Yeah, and sure. And then we'll go from there. I think. Yeah, like Jara, and I think most of you guys at this church probably understand what that's like. And that's why subtle Asian traits exist and was yeah. like, it, it popped off because everyone was like, oh my gosh, I get these subtle things that yeah. we don't talk about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think God also showed me something unique. When I started making peace with being a pastor's kid, I saw this tension between two cultures within my church. Mm-hmm. So to one hand, there were immigrants, like say you, that yeah. came here to study, yeah. found community in my dad's church because it's an Indonesian church. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, it's Indonesian community. Mm-hmm. Then there are other kids who are in that church and then, you know, those couples ended up having kids and they yeah. become like me. Yeah. You know, Aussie born Indos. So there's like two groups within my church and they didn't blend mm. because they let the culture between them um, divide them. Mm-hmm. And so I saw that and it used to irk me that that they were like it was almost like a click. Mm-hmm. So it would be like the Indo Indos and then the Aussie Indos, and they just wouldn't blend because I couldn't see past mm-hmm. the um so I had the opportunity, I suppose, um, to see that tension. And to try and get to know the Indo-Indos. So I think around, it would have been 2013, 2014, I just felt like God telling me like, hey, actually get to know 
these Indonesian Indos, like Indo Indos, like students, and yeah. get to know them. Because, you know, for so long, I put a label on them too that yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah. Like, I, I thought that they were, you know, different. Like, I had almost this shame towards being Indonesian mm. and having Asian heritage. Like, I really wish that I didn't at some point. Yeah. Which I am really ashamed to say, but I did. Like, I struggled with being yeah Asian to some degree. I thought, oh, man, it's so much easier <laughs> if I was actually Australian. Like, because I feel that's who I am on the inside, but on the outside, I mean, I'm definitely yellow. <laughs> you know, I'm definitely a banana. Like, yeah. people get that. Um, yeah, but then I didn't realize that having two cultures, you don't have to choose one. You're yeah. actually having both is actually a privilege. Yeah, it and is. And so coming out on the other side, I saw, oh, this is a special space to connect with both cultures yeah so then yeah at around 13 uh, 2013 and 14 I thought okay god I'm going to try my best to get to know these people yeah um and I did you know I started speaking Indo as much as I can and your brother used to make fun of me yeah he used to call me Chintalora (laughs) you know Chintalora yeah Yeah. no offense to Chintalora by the way um she's big yeah. So basically, just a big backstory. Chintalora, I found out after being called it so many times, yeah. is half German, hey? Yeah, he, half she's Indo. a halfie. Yep. Yeah, so she's a halfie, and she got famous in Indonesia for speaking Indonesian terribly, like with a terrible accent. At first, at, at first. first. Apparently, not. Really <laughs> yeah. But yeah. This was like way back then. Yeah. <clears throat> so like 2008, 2009, like we used to get all that yeah and even when you visited i think i was still getting called chintalora like every church yeah. camp we used to have like um you know those envelopes yeah yeah um warm fuzzies yeah like you'd write something and you put it in so people would always graffiti on them <laughs> my mom would always say crossed out my name and it'd be like chintalora yeah um no but, but you speak anyway. indo well now like actually speak, well thank you thank you yeah <laughs> but that's like you know years yeah like over over 10 years yeah um yeah, so I tried to speak the language more. I used to get fi- made fun of anyway. Um, but, yeah, I started to see them through a different lens. Yeah. Not the lens of their culture. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my struggle, I think I made peace with being, like, having this blended culture. Or what, I think the actual term is third culture kid. Yeah. Yeah, so third culture kid is a child who grew up in a culture different from the one in which his or her parents grew up in. So, yeah, like I grew up with Indonesian values, I suppose, and cultural values um, and Christian values. And sometimes it was hard to tell which one was cultural and which one was actual Christian. Uh, A good example is like my church. It's like very rude if you wear thongs. Yeah. (laughs) Like I don't know if that's here in Zion too, but like like the way you dress is really important. Yeah. And like, yeah, you respect your elders. I think that's across the board in Eastern culture. But yeah. Yeah, so having like these two spheres was really difficult. Yeah. It's a tension. And um, when you're trying to fit in, you end up like trying to chase something that's not there. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like you're a hamster on a wheel trying to attain a label or trying to get approval from one side mm-hmm. when in fact no one's seeing that you're struggling, but you're putting this pressure on yourself. Yeah. So that's, I don't know if that answers your yeah. question, but no. basically that's the kind of experience I have in a nutshell in like I don't know how long that was yeah (laughs) (laughs) no that's so good I think yeah I actually feel like a lot of people can relate to that um both the cultural and just 
Um, yeah, I mean, in your case, it's like being the pastor's kid has this like burden and just certain like label. And I think with a lot of people, um, like in my case, like I might not relate with like, yeah, um, like being the pastor's kid one, but I know like how it feels when you are like, you already grew up in a Christian household since you're a kid and you make all these like mistakes and all those things. And like, I don't know, like there are times that I actually see myself from my mistakes yes. or like from the things that I feel like I just failed. I failed in that. And I feel like I'm a hypocrite and I'm just starting to add all these labels into me like yeah, yeah, and yeah. internalize those while that's not how we're supposed to see ourselves. Yeah, Especially nowadays with, you know, um, yeah, I think identity is so important because you know how like nowadays you would see ads. I don't know if you have seen those, but like how branding is such a big thing on social media, right? Like um, it determines bit, um, like how a brand is supposed to look like, sound like, like it's the direction, like in an agency, it would be the, basically the Bible of your, for your like photographers, copywriters, designers, mm. right? And a lot of like, things that have been happening lately is like people actually make classes for like how do you brand yourself mm. to become like a content creator or like yeah. just just like who you are in your like own space yeah. so I think that's an interesting like you know an interesting phenomenon and like mm. I I think I remember one time you said like how yeah the thing with us like where do Christians actually stand in this and like I remember you mentioned something about it's very countercultural because like in the world that actually um, tell you um, you need to find your true self. Yes. We're yeah. actually, yeah, do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, please? sure. Yes. So um, I think in our culture today, it's all <clears throat> about, yeah, finding your true self. But I, I did write something out here. But um, so culture today uh, may try to convey that you need to create your own identity and rely on self-confidence to carry you through life. But the truth is we're all designed to be fully dependent on God and to look to him for your confidence, purpose and identity. And that's countercultural because over here it's about going inside to yourself, finding yeah. your true self yeah. and um, becoming your true self. But it's not um, the correct way, I suppose, yeah. as Christians, because when you become your truest self, you could start to label things as horizontal on the earth. That's when you look to the world yeah. to define who you are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think I mentioned last time, yeah. like, uh, sometimes identity or seeking your identity on this earth can kind of be like idolatry. You know, mm -hmm. when you put something that's ultimate when it shouldn't be ultimate yeah and then that reshapes your own image of how you see yourself yeah um yeah is that what you were referring yeah to? it is because yeah, so. i think a lot of times it's very easy for like people to sorry i'm a bit distracted <laughs> with what's going on right now um jar's trying to fix the mic guys um and then it's just like how i don't know for me even like seeing LinkedIn and all that a lot mm. of stuff like we do attach ourselves to position titles yes. um the job that we do even like when we introduce ourselves or like when we actually have the small talk with people like what do you do is always like it would always be like one of the basic questions and I feel like sometimes there's a certain pressure 
um, in that, like, yeah. like somehow it defines us subconsciously. When I talk to like friends who, you know, feel certain ways, um, when we talk about like jobs and stuff like that. Well, actually, in God, we don't have to be fixated, or you know what I mean. Like, yeah. we don't have to see ourselves the way the world sees us. Yes. And I think that's the struggle right now when we don't have sometimes like we don't achieve certain things or we do struggle with certain things like we're not actually these labels that yeah we put on ourselves and yeah I think the next like question is like was like how did you actually realize to change that perspective from like all these labels that the world kind of put into you like pastor's kid Mm. Aussie born Indo um yeah how did you actually overcome that um yeah, that struggle, I guess, like to actually see yourself from the truth. I think it was a journey for sure. Yeah. Like, I didn't just like, oh, I see myself now not as a pastor's yeah. kid. I know I still am a pastor's kid even now. It's a little bit different actually now because for 25 years I was part of that church mm-hmm. and I grew up and I made peace with the label, I suppose, and the label wasn't above God mm-hmm. at the time it was because I hated it, but as much as I hated it, it was there and then it became my focus and then it started shaping who I was. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, I'm a, I would say I realised that it was something that I was fixated on when I became a, a Christian. So I like around 14, I realised yeah. that, this pressure I'm putting on myself is not from God. Yeah. And those labels, they, they're kind of like scales that slowly fall off. It's not like a straight away. Like yeah. I know you're a new creation in God. Yes, you yeah. are. But it's a daily struggle to remember. Like, um, yeah, for me, I'd say because it took up such a long chunk of my life, it takes also time to relearn to mm-hmm. relearn your new identity, to, yeah. to reshape your identity. Because if you're doing it for 25 years, it's not just a habit. The more you do it, it becomes like your character, right? Mm-hmm. And because I believed in that character so much, it took me a while to realize, okay, I am redeemed. But what does that mean to be redeemed? It's, to me- it's meant to be like living from that state as opposed to that state of like, oh, I'm not enough or, or bitterness or anger, for example, um, or feeling like, I don't belong, right? Which can actually seep into anxiety, comparison, things like that. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was, yeah, I only realized when I started feeling irritated, started feeling anxious, like that's not of God, you know, like God yeah. doesn't give you that kind of spirit. Um, you know, the fruits of the spirit, like love, joy, peace. I think that's when I realized I was stepping into more of my identity mm-hmm. is through the fruits. Yeah. It's not just in my head when I tell myself like, oh, I am joyful (laughs) or like I am I'm at peace or like I'm loving like yes they're they're good things to think about perhaps but unless you do something or put it into action it's not who you are Mm, and it's an ongoing thing yeah Yeah, so I would say I wasn't living in the truth that I was like loved fully known you know forgiven even like Mm -hmm. I think Another thing that identi- your identity can be is your emotions and your sins. Oh, yeah. So, if you know, if you're dabbling in um, sin, right, then you'll feel guilt. You feel so guilty that it almost becomes your identity because you feel like you are not worthy enough to see God. Yes, to some degree, you made you did something wrong, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, if you really know God, like God says you are forgiven 
and his forgiveness literally covers all oh. your future sins, your past sins. Like nothing is so big. And I, do I sin to this day? Yes. So is identity an ongoing struggle? Yes. But I realized that I was moving into a new identity in God mm-hmm. when I realized how my feelings were not in alignment to God. Yeah. I think that's how yeah. I would say. So when I became a Christian and yeah, yeah like that's, Oh man, I can't do maths, but almost like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And still ongoing. Still ongoing. So it's a journey, guys. And no, actually the what you mentioned just now was so big. I think a lot of times emotions and sins are a big part of... Sometimes I don't know why it's so easy for us to let these emotions win over the truth like over yeah. what god actually says about mm-hmm. us and i admit that like i actually like struggled a lot with like um i don't know giving power to the emotions or to the things that haven't have happened in the past yeah. either it's trauma either it's just like what um what i've done or what have happened to me especially like yeah. for me i struggled mostly with like what the closest people say about me yeah. um, when they were not even in the best state. It's not like their intention to hurt me, mm-hmm. but it's just like when they were not in the best state and they said some hurtful things about me in a way like it's just, yeah, it's just somehow it became like a, a label, like a negative script that I have to unlearn. I have to unlearn that it is not who I am yeah. and who I am is actually based on the, scripture and the scripture mm. I can't even English right now sorry no, um, the scripture actually says a lot of things about mm. us you know like you said like forgiven mm. redeemed yeah. ab- like we're not abandoned but we're actually um, God is always with us and for us mm. and we're adopted and yeah I think a lot of times because I don't know some people like myself when we're so used to with hearing all these things from Sunday school to youth to being an adult, it just doesn't seem to be anymore. Like there are times that, you know what I mean? Like it somehow we become numb. Well, yeah, you familiarize yourself. Yeah. To it. You're desensitized. That's probably what yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, while they are actually the ones that can really give us that, I don't know, food. It's like spiritual food, like to actually remind us, like it's like shower. Like we actually need to be reminded and to actually believe. And if you actually have a struggle to believe, like you already, I know, I know, I know that, I know this. And I've been there and sometimes still struggle with that. I think the prayer that we should pray is actually for us to believe in that truth. Yeah, like God help my unbelief. Yeah. Yeah, there is that. That's a really... I think noble, humbling prayer because it's just honest yeah. to God. Like you don't have to perform to God. You yeah. can just say it as it is. Like yeah. he already knows. But no. yeah, true. I really like what you said actually about how you let other people dictate. I think that's probably what I wanted to get at when we were talking about Pastor's Kid is that for 14 years at the start, I let other people dictate who I was mm-hmm. without realizing that they were shaping my view on myself Yeah, I let them. So because I got so irritated by what people said, it made me focus on what they said as who I am. Yeah. But more so because it was like that, I wanted to do the opposite of what they said. Mm. And so when I put my focus on what other people said, that shaped me. Because I think whatever you focus on shapes you. 
Yeah. You know, like that's yeah. probably what idolatry is when you focus on anything outside of what God says you are. Yeah. So focusing on like horizontal plane, if you think like world is like the horizontal plane and God's like this vertical connection that you yeah. have, it's all like focusing on this side. Like even growing up, like say in high school, I think that's that was the most um, intense time of trying to figure out who I was yeah. because I really, really um, valued friendship. Mm. And I felt like I couldn't find a friend that understood me because for so long at church, I thought people didn't understand me. So I I built this label that, yeah. oh, people don't get me, you know? And so I tried to find that one person. I remember praying to God. I was like, God, please give me one person that I can connect with and have yeah. like deep conversations, mm-hmm. you know, get me on every single wavelength. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, yes, God answered that prayer, but that's like 10 years later. Like yeah. now I have friends like that, but back then I didn't. But I had to go through that struggle of trying to find out like who I was aside of what people said about me yeah so I really cared like what my friends thought of me yeah. I really cared about what my you know yeah. people at church thought of me I yeah. started caring so much and let too those much la- too even. much yeah let those labels like dictate me you know so that's an interesting point and I think it's really true yeah and I don't know I think it's just when it comes to um identity there's so much things that we can say about it because (laughs) I feel like a lot of people like we can struggle like have their own struggles in even different areas of our lives it can be like from like a family point of view and Mm. work point of view you know like um, there's so much things we can say about it but at the end of the day I think we need to be reminded that it is the gospel is like we yes like god accepts us as who we are yeah. yes we are precious we are unique in every single ways yeah um but we also can't forget the fact that we are sinners and we are more broken that we could imagine mm-hmm. and that's why god sends us like jesus mm-hmm. that we don't deserve yeah to actually like for us to not be where we are but to actually always yeah like keep he doesn't leave us yeah. where we are, where but we are. transform us. Okay. No, that's yeah. okay. I completely <laughs> yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's what actually transforms us. And I mm. think that's the big part of the thing of identity is like what we do, the decision makings that we make, our reactions are kind of depend on how we see ourselves. Yes. If we see like we have to perform, well, then we're always going to be like striving for that, mm-hmm. striving for that, going on the like hierarchy of like your job, whatever you're doing. Or if we see like, yeah, if we actually see ourselves just based on performance, I feel like it's not a sustainable way um, to think about it. But if we actually think from a point where like, no, like we actually is already like enough as an, as our own, like we don't have to like, prove something to yes someone or the world like it'll yeah. give us like less i don't know less burden and to just actually operate from a sense of like god already loves us and god has a certain purpose for each one of us and i think it's going to yeah it's a game changer i feel like once you really 100%. understand and yeah see ourselves in god's point of view um we won't be as anxious as like yeah we can be sometimes and yeah. I think that's the thing, like, you're right, it's a game changer because, you know, things like mental health and yeah. things that we struggle with, I think they're actual consequences of not really understanding your true identity in God. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. So if you are always trying to, yeah, try to be enough, try to perform. Yeah. 
you're going to chase things that will temporarily satisfy you. Yeah. They're not going to completely satisfy you. And I, I think I think one thing we should say as well, it's not wrong to like, you know, um, value like your career and your oh, yeah. occupation no. and yeah. like, you know, your status, like your relationships and yeah. stuff, but you just can't make them your ultimate area of satisfaction. Yeah. You know, that like the ultimate place where you will be satisfied is, is discovering who you are in God and then relearning that and then reliving that like every single day. And I, that's why I think it's a daily struggle. Yeah. Because we are freaking forgetful people. You know, yeah. like I am so forgetful. And now that I'm a mom, I'm like, what? This mom brain is for real. <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Um, but like you have to preach the gospel to your, you know, to yourself every day because you'll forget it every yeah. day. And yeah. we're just like the Israelites. Like nothing that we face is new. Like yeah. if you look in the Bible, you're like, oh, they struggled with that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I struggle with that every day. And just because I've made peace with my label, say like a pastor's kid, doesn't mean I'm not struggling with some other, you know, identity battle or tension yeah. in my season now, yeah. you know. So I think, yeah, it's a daily struggle. But yeah. the thing is like God is so graceful and like merciful and forgiving. He's like, here's a second chance and you get a second chance and 10 millionth chances <laughs> because I've forgiven you. Yeah. And like that's super cool like yeah it's really a gift and yeah yeah that's just the difference with christianity it's like nothing that you do to attain it yeah you know like you're chosen you're forgiven you're redeemed like you're loved like you've got community and it's not because of you yeah so it's different to everything in the world where it's like oh i need to attain 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 mm-hmm. and yeah maybe you'll get some kind of temporary satisfaction from that and be like oh yes this is who i am yeah but then you're like i'm not that anymore yeah because life changes seasons change yeah but like god's like like steady stable thing that you can go back to and it's it's really comforting to me it's it's just like a big warm hug because like when I mess up I can hear two voices right one voice is like that accuser it's like oh dude you messed up again like for example I don't know you fell in if you like you struggle with pornography for example you fell into pornography again oh no you know you're guilty you said you wouldn't you're a hypocrite there's like accuser side of you but the thing is, like, when you're a Christian, there's also this voice that if you know who you are in God, there's this advocate. Mm-hmm. And that's Holy Spirit, right? He's like, oh, yes, you fell into that, but I still have paid for that sin. Yeah. And I still love you. You can get back up again. You can come back to me. Yeah. And I think that's that's really encouraging because that's the difference with knowing Jesus to not knowing him. Yeah. Is that you're continuously transformed because you're continuously forgiven and you're continuously brought out away from these like lies that are kind of like swarming around you. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, hey, yeah. follow, listen yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. That's so good. So good. And I just, <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking of like, because that is the last point that I really want to make is like, it is always going to be a journey, right? Yeah. And I totally. think like right now, there are a lot of things as well that I don't know, like maybe you can share and I can share also a little bit later. I feel like. <laughs> I haven't really shared much, but you go, like, you go. yeah, like I was just thinking of, um, even now there are a lot of ways that we can remind ourselves. Mm. Um, of course, Bible, reading the Bible is always going to be the ultimate one, like, cause it's the source of truth. Right. But at the same time, like there are other things, how, like where God can actually speak to us yeah. in like his own personal ways. Mm. Um, it can be music and it can be like art. It can be like, I don't know. I was just thinking of like, 
you always tell me how like God really speaks to you the most when you're in the car and like you're listening <laughs> to the music. Because yeah. I do that too. And like, um, like I actually have a playlist where like, you know what? I'm just going to listen to these songs for now <laughs> because I need to like rewatch <laughs> yeah. like all these. Like sometimes I just feel like I need a reset, right? Yes. And yeah, yeah maybe you can share like in your daily, like where are you now? With the identity struggle. Where am I um, and like, how do you, yeah, like, what are the tools that maybe you can share to the audience um, that really help you with the battles? Okay. okay. Yeah. Like, it's nothing new, like, it's nothing like special. Yeah. I think a lot of the times the tools that help you reset your identity are things you've heard if you grew up in a Christian home, like, for a lifetime. It's like, pray sabbath so like take some time off to rest you know and rest is not like just go to sleep i mean sleep's important but rest is just like don't get caught up on like just spending your time on social media but actually just take time to like go for a walk Mm. see god's nature because everything does point to him in some ways um but also yeah definitely reading the bible those are just like the main things but they're when you get older you realize they're hard things to (laughs) keep yeah. to sustain so to read your bible every day mm. is a battle because your life gets busier and when you're older as an adult you have more responsibilities so if you've got a pizza like your day's like a pizza you got to cut them slices up but you need to make sure there's a slice for god you yeah know? and do i read the bible every day like i have to admit no but um it's something that i do want to continuously try and yeah. it's something you strive for um so for me uh, I think I'll go back to the first point that you asked, which was um, what am I battling at the moment? Yeah. It's not so much an identity label, but I think it's an emotion. So like mm. fear. So I think for me it's fear. Yeah. So I struggled with like fear of the future. Mm. I did and I still am. I, I did struggle with that in the past, yeah. you know, but particularly when I was pregnant, I I realized I had this narrative of what it would be like to be a parent. So, oh, suddenly your freedom's gone. Like, yes, that's true to some degree, but I just had all these negative narratives of what um, being a mom would be like, mm. you know. And, yes, we planned for this child and everything, and, yeah, God gifted us a child, and it's awesome. But when I was pregnant, I had the first three months was me thinking, oh no, what if it's going to be so debilitating? What if it means that I'm going to change who I am? Mm -hmm. Because I realized this was a testing ground for me to find my identity again in Christ and not who I was before. So it was a good reflection time to realize how much I idolized my freedom, how much I idolized my um, season of singleness, mm-hmm. um, not singleness as in being single, but like yeah. having a, no ch- child, yeah. childless or a childless season. Um, yeah. yeah, I just idolized my independence, my lifestyle and freedom more than serving God in the context of being a mom. So yeah. I had that first three months going, oh no. And then I'm the kind of person who would like to think of the worst case scenario and then often catastrophize without yeah. realizing that that's yeah. where my brain goes to. Yeah. And when I'm catastrophizing, I don't really include God in that. And that's when I was like, oh, like I'm letting this really dictate me. So there were moments that I felt really anxious. Um, and I would be like, yes, I know God says don't worry, but I'm like, nah, I still want to worry. <laughs> you know, Like I still want to focus on yeah. being worried. Um, yeah. So that was really debilitating for me. And it's something that I was struggling with because I didn't think God would be there. And then 
basically I was researching. So I'm the kind of person when I'm stressed out, I like to research things, you know, good old Google, but I made sure the Google was quite Christ-centered. So I'd be like, um, fear of motherhood, Christian view, <laughs> you know, like make yeah. sure it's narrowed down. Yeah. Um, and I came across Felicia Masonheimer. Do you know her? I'm not sure. She's just no. like this uh, female theologian. Mm-hmm. Um, and she quotes Francis Chan. I'm just going to read it because I think it's really – it really blessed me and hopefully yeah. it will bless someone else. Um, but I just felt like unprepared. I felt underqualified mainly because I'm one of the few people that are married in my circles and most people are either just dating or still single. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like, man, this there's going to be this gap that widens. And the thing that I also idolized above all else, I suppose, at that time was friendship. So mm-hmm. I was really scared that my friendship would change and I would be that person that couldn't hang out with my friends. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I had to really like ask myself, why is that so important? Yeah. And why did I believe that that would be like, oh my God, do I know that my friendships will then suddenly change? Yeah. And thankfully they haven't, you know, yeah. it was just all these, ca- this catastrophizing. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so yeah, Francis Chan, Felicia Manson, Heimer quotes, is like in his book, Crazy Love, if you ever read it, it's a really good book, um, says that worry and stress are signs of arrogance because they're both the antithesis of trusting God. My worry over qualification is nothing more than me telling God, you don't know what you're doing. You picked the wrong person, the wrong time, the wrong skills. I can't do what you're asking of me. And when I read that, I was like, oh, if God like has given me this child, like who am I to say that he won't equip me? Yeah. And so that's probably my most recent kind of struggle with labels. And when we, I was like kind of like planning, sort mm-hmm. of prepping yeah. what I would say about this, I realized that that's actually an identity struggle without mm-hmm. realizing it. It's because I didn't go back to the root of my identity, which is like I'm equipped by God, you know, like he has got my whole life in the palm of his hands. Yeah. Who am I to say that he's not going to help me yeah. during that? And yeah, I did place friendships above God sometimes. I think it's sometimes hard not to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, your identity really molds you on what you focus on. And anything outside of God, you know, you'll feel restless, dissatisfied, yeah. disappointed, and yeah. you really will be chasing after these things like hamster on a wheel. Um, yeah, I think at the crux of it is there's this really good verse that I mentioned to you. Yeah. Um. Jeremiah 2.13, I'll have to read it because I can't remember it, but it explains it pretty well. Mm. So like we're really prone to seeking external validation to like determine our identity outside of God. So the verse is, for my people have committed two sins, they've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, (laughs) like the oasis, you know, but instead they've hewed themselves out cisterns broken cisterns so cisterns are kind of like a jug or like a i think a vessel yeah it's broken that can't even hold water yeah and i think that's sometimes the false labels you put on yourself there'll be water in there temporarily but then it'll seep out and it'll be empty again yeah and you'll be like trying to seek out another thing where there's already this fountain this oasis like which is god and that's going to sustain you through all seasons um so that's just, I guess, the first section of what I'm like struggled with recently. Yeah, we haven't even gone to the tools. Do we want to go into that? Um, after <laughs> you, really. What's the time, Jara? Like, yeah. What's that? Four, 40, 40 minutes. Forty well, minutes. Like, we're gonna wrap yeah. up soon, anyway. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think you should just like 
tell them because I feel like that's something okay. that I feel I like tell you. it <laughs> it will like maybe for some people they already know all these stuff they yeah. already know all these verses and all that Nothing but new. still something like like I think sometimes like we have to be also like I don't know practical in our ways of like how can we actually yeah Yeah. help ourselves to actually be reminded and to actually you know because god's strategic the enemy is also strategic and we also have to be strategic in some ways in yeah. our spiritual battle fight these yeah battles. and yeah. i think yeah something if you want to share go for it yeah i think you mentioned music yes i felt like god has spoken to me through music mm -hmm. um i know god speaks to everyone differently but for me It's, yeah, music. It's the lyrics. It's sometimes I'm driving and, like, for example, driving to work. Mm -hmm. I work in Rockingham, which is, like, 45 <laughs> minutes away. <laughs> so I usually end up listening to music or podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, just make sure, like, your music isn't just um, secular. Like, secular music's great. I'm not, I'm not hamming on them or anything. Or, like, I love music in general. But mm -hmm. when you've got, like, music that speaks about who God is. Yeah. Uh, what you listen to also shapes you, you know? So, like, Who You Say I Am, I mentioned to you, like, it's an old song or um, what did you mention by Lauren Daigle? Oh, You Say. Yeah, You Say, like, that's a really good song. Yeah. Um, when you hear these things, it's it's a reset. You can use any time in your day. It's all the in-between moments that you yeah. can include God in. Like, he's there with you all the time, but it's, yeah. it's on us to include him into those moments yeah um so yeah in the car listening to music like really listening to those lyrics and like praying over them i think mm -hmm. that's one thing for me you're listening to music that reflects god's heart yeah um you know like maverick city yeah really good one gyra <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh in the last the episode we actually just do yeah. that no, it's yeah a good song. he's it's a annoyed song. well if you actually yeah. search up maverick city the first song on their like yeah. playlist, <laughs> like when you play is actually gyra um but yeah you know yeah, yeah. like hill song things like that but not just hill song yeah there are lots of <laughs> yeah. godly kind of Music. Music, yeah, that helps reset your identity Yeah, just by listening to that and, and pulls you out of those emotions of anxiety or yeah. pride or like moments where you want to maybe feel lustful or mm -hmm. all the things that are against the heart of God. Yeah. You know, that when you listen and you really listen, you don't just like passively listen. When you really listen to those words, it can transform you. And I believe God uses music because it's all across the Bible. Music is a really pivotal part of um, the Christian walk. Yeah. Um, David, you know, used music a lot when he was celebrating. Music was out. Tambourines were out. So, yeah, music is really close to God's heart. And I think that's one way he speaks to us. Um, another thing I mentioned to you is journaling. Like I'm mm -hmm. not saying you have to journal, but, um, gratitude journal anyway, for me is one way that I reset my identity. So yeah. I used to journal every day and I would do the five minute journal. I don't know if you guys have heard this. You'd write down three things that you're grateful for first thing in the morning. It doesn't have to be long convoluted or anything. Um, but why is that so to God's heart and helps you reset your identity. Because there's a verse in the Bible that says, give thanks in all circumstances. Yeah. And so like when you're waking up, you often have like high cortisol levels. So you often can feel anxious. Yeah. Right. But when you write down like, God, I'm just grateful to be alive and dwell on that. It's like, oh, I'm grateful for being created, you know? Yeah. And it does help. So that's another tool. Um, 
and definitely resting. So in 2020, I read the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and I told you to read that yeah. book. <laughs> Good book by Good John book Mark Comer. He's, yeah. a, um, he's a fantastic pastor um, from Bridgetown Church in Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. in America. And yeah, his book honestly changed my life. Um, I mean, after the Bible. Um, but it, I realized I was quite restless, like subconsciously really restless because I was rushing and I was multitasking and I just wasn't taking time to Sabbath and like real slow down. And if yeah. you actually see Jesus, like he never rushed. Yeah. He never hurried. And he was like the happiest man alive because you don't hurry when you're happy. Cause you're like, yeah. Life is so good. It's like, you know, a little, <laughs> yeah. like a little skip in your step. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when you're rushed, like a Martha, you, you don't end up being like Mary. You don't sit and dwell in his word. So I think Sabbath or just spending time in your week, even in your day, just to be with God. You know, you don't even have to read the Bible, just be with him. And I think the the most parallel thing to that that's not Christian would be what is really the big craze, meditating. Mm-hmm. People meditate. Everyone wants something that's kind of like the kingdom without the king. That's yeah. what Mark Sayers always says, mm-hmm. like, we all want bits of this kind of peace or, you know, spiritualizing things. Yeah. But basically that's it. You know, you just have to ha- spend some time with God as well. They'll help reset you. Um, a huge one, which you guys have, is community. Yeah. Um, like when I spend time with you, I think the reason why we get on is because I get to see God's heart and how God's moving in your life and you get to see how God's moving in my life in ways that I don't see. You know, it's like we help each other's blind spots because we yeah. all have blind spots. Yeah. And honestly, it helps me see like, oh, God's hand is really in your life, in your story, in the way that, you know, he's brought you here to this church as well, to meet like Jara, to be on this podcast. Like, I just don't believe it's a coincidence. Like community helps reflect God's heart. Yeah. 100%. And then that helps because you often pray for me, right? And you're like, you pray things into me, you speak life into me. And, and, um, we try to be that kind of friend where we are intentional, but also not just intentional in our friendship, but also in like bringing God in, but it's like authentic. I don't know how to put it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But I think that's community, like two or three gather in my name. Like I'm with them. That's in the Bible. Yeah. Um, So community is, is huge. Like you got to make sure you're not doing it alone. Otherwise you'll lose your identity elsewhere. Like you are the average of the five closest people around you. Like make sure those people reflect God's heart. Um, Yeah. So good. So so that's it, (laughs) I think. That's it. I mean, well, like Phoebe's just, I didn't have to say that much. (laughs) Just let you. No, but like, I think there's just a lot of wisdom that I do receive from her. And I just, yeah. And I believe that a lot of you guys actually will receive a lot of wisdom from our conversations today. And yeah, I think with identity, that's just, yeah, it's, I really feel like a lot of times, yeah, like when I struggled with it, I'm so thankful for community that really helped me. Mm -hmm. And just what, like Phoebe said, I think it's very important to also surround yourself with the right people and to, yeah, to not be, um, what you say that like to not normalize or to not be um can't even speak right now to not like just 
okay, oh well, about like your habits mm. um, when you are actually, you feel like you're not in a good place in terms of spiritual like spiritual walk but to actually like be engaged with where you are and to I don't know sometimes just take that extra step forward like what are the things that can help you or who like find the people who you think can help you in that spiritual walk and mm. in that identity because being lost is not a great place to be and maybe there can be another episode of about being lost but I feel like a lot of times when I was like I felt lost, even though, I mean, I went to church and all that, but there were times that oh, I yeah. feel like I just, I don't know who I am. I can't even recognize myself. Like that's Cesar's new song, guys, check it out. <laughs> like now, but it's just like, sometimes there are times that I feel like I don't know who I am anymore. Um, but yeah, God always does his thing. Even when I just ask one question or pray two lines even it's not it doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't have to be like oh big and all this like experience you know what I mean sometimes yeah. like I feel like we romanticize all like the spiritual experiences that we have while God actually just wants you to show up three things three yes. words just show up and then God will reveal who he is to you and I feel like the more we actually internalize who we are in God life is so much better. Yeah, you're going to operate from a place of peace and a place of love, like places that are reflective of God's heart, that are close to God's heart. But yeah, yeah if you're struggling, I think, yeah, like we mentioned, we're all struggling to some degree um, with like truly living in God's identity and just know like he sees that. He sees your struggle um, and he sees beyond your labels and he's calling you to come back. Every time you fail or you go the wrong way, he's still there. He's got his arms wide open and that's really comforting. Yeah. You can just come back to him and the community, um, yeah, and hopefully the community <laughs> will yeah. embrace you. Yeah. Um, and I believe they will. So should we end off with that verse that we talked about yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. If I think mind, the verse sure. is, yeah, Colossians three two to three i think it's a classic actually but set your <laughs> yeah. mind on things that are above so like things of god and not the things that are on earth um for you have died and your life is hidden in god so if you want to find out where your life is it's in god That's there you it. go peeps thank you so much for today what were you about to say <laughs> stay fresh <laughs> <laughs> that's it stay fresh we'll see you later